Um, our vision statement at San Marino Community Church is this. It's to love the Lord God, uh, the Lord our God, with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. You're going to be seeing a lot of this in the coming weeks and months. But today we are going to be looking at who our neighbor is. And what does it mean to love our neighbor? And so we're going to start, that is my little son. See, all of the babies of whoever is speaking are shouting out today. So that's my son, Luke. Hi, Luke. Sorry. Um, So we're going to look at who our neighbor is. And the book of James talks about, last week we looked at the book of James talking about looking at the reflection in the mirror. Remember that? And not being about yourself, but about looking outward and looking to the word of scripture for that inspiration and leading in your life. If you haven't heard that message, it's online. You can check it out. But, but this week, we are going a step further into the book of James, and we are finding out that James is very concerned with how the church treats people, and he is helping people to understand how Jesus Christ illuminates that space, illuminates that place of loving neighbors. So listen to the words of Scripture as they're written in the book of James, and they're written right up here on the screen so you can read along with me. This is the word of the Lord. James says, my brothers and sisters, do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in the glorious Lord Jesus Christ? That's a challenge if I've ever heard one. For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice, it goes on to the next slide, if you take notice of the person Is there no more slides after that? I'm sorry, Mark. I probably messed it up. Oh, if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please. While to the one who is poor, you say, stand over there. Or, can you imagine this? Sit at my feet. James goes on to say, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Well, that's a nice way to start the morning, isn't it? Just to be called judges with evil thoughts. Anytime you make distinctions among yourselves, I find that's a powerful scripture. See, James is saying that when we are in church, everyone should be treated as royalty. Every single person who comes into the church space should be treated as as though they are the most important person who comes. Thank you. Bonk. So now listen to this. When I was in Scotland, and I went on a, it, my relatives live in Scotland, so we went to visit them as a, as a young child. I was with my parents. I was the youngest in my family. And my parents said to me and my brother and my sister before we went there, they said, in Scotland, they have different traditions. Children are not really supposed to talk all the time like you guys do. And they said, in Scotland, children aren't even really supposed to sit on the furniture. They said, in Scotland, when we visit people and we visit our relatives, The adults will sit on the couches and on the chairs, and the children, unless invited, will sit on the floor. Has anyone, raise your hand if you've ever been in a country like this or experienced anything like this. There's one person. So, this is not a good situation if you're the youngest person in the family. Because they're small living rooms, and they're very beautiful. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of logic that goes into this, but as the youngest person, even though I was a child, I felt extremely uh, dishonored. I felt humiliated. I didn't feel like I was really part of what was going on. As they told me, go ahead, now sit at our feet. Now, I, I have to say, uh, I, I've heard about this church in Salt Lake City. 
And the church uh, apparently had this person who showed up one day, and her name was Jean Rowe. And she looked like a homeless person. She had about 50 layers of clothing, clothing on. And she, she, the people kind of found out that she had a house full of cats. Have you ever met anyone like this? And, and her conversation didn't always make a lot of sense. But she showed up faithfully to church every Sunday. And, and the pastor at that church started to take notice of her. And every Sunday would go up to her and make sure that she felt like an honored guest. In fact, if you saw the way that the pastor was connecting with her, you would have thought that she was some secret royalty or that she had secretly won the lottery and was just hiding it on the outside. And you know what? The, the members of that church began to transform. They saw how the pastor was treating this poor person and how this pastor was loving this poor person. And they decided and they realized that this is what scripture was all about. And so they started to welcome people who were of all different classes and shapes and sizes and colors. And that church came alive in a way that, that very few churches ever experience. And they experienced life and joy. And, and it's quite a remarkable story what God did in that church through that interaction between the pastor and Gene Rowe, who came every single Sunday. Do you know what the Bible says about people like Gene Rowe? About poor people? These are the words of Scripture as written in James. Chapter 2, verse 5. Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you, he says to these people have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? I love this explanation from James because James is suggesting that the world as we know it is upside down from what God wants the world to look like. I mean, if we really look at the way the world is ordered, if you go to a sports game, all of the people with the most rings on their fingers and the nicest clothes, they have the best seats, right? And all the people who have the dirtiest clothes and who have the least amount of money, they have the worst seats. And it goes on and on. If you go onto a plane, that's the case. It's just de facto everywhere you go. Whoever has the dirty clothes and is poor has the worst seat. And whoever has the most amount of money and has the nicest clothes has the best seat. And we get used to this way of life and the way that the world works. But what James is saying is that church is different and that if we saw the world the way that God sees the world, then we would see every single person that we encounter as royalty. That we would roll out the red carpet for every human being that we meet. That we wouldn't we wouldn't discern or discriminate based on someone who's got nicer clothes or someone who has dirtier clothes or someone who's richer or, who, or someone who, who is poorer. There's a great story that's a true story from 1968. A guy that was a gas station attendant named Melvin Dumar. Does anyone know where I'm going with this yet? You know who Melvin Dumar is? Okay, you will. Melvin Dumar was driving on a dirt road in Nevada. And he pulled over to go to the bathroom. And during his stop, he saw an old man that was dirty, lying beside the road, and he looked like he was injured. 
And he asked the old man, is there anything that I can do for you? Can I give you a lift? Do you want to get in my car? And the old man said, sure, can you give me a ride to Vegas? And so Melvin Dumar said, sure, I'll give you a ride to Vegas. And on the way, not knowing who this guy was, Melvin just said, you know what? Um, anything that I can do for you at all, anything at all, whatever, whatever you want of mine is yours. And uh, we're family. And he said, you know, here's some money. And he dug deep into his gas station attendant pocket. He didn't have much money, just some tips that he'd gotten from earlier in the day. And, and he gave him everything he had because he knew that this guy needed it. So as the guy gets out of the car, he turns to Melvin Dumar and he says, I haven't told you my name. My name is Howard Hughes. Now, everybody knew who Howard Hughes was. Howard Hughes was the richest person in the world at the time. I mean, he was legendary. Of course, Melvin Dumar just thought he was a crazy guy who was saying that he was Howard Hughes, and he went on his way and said, yeah, yeah, everybody says they're Howard Hughes. Have a nice day. God love you. Well, years later, when Howard Hughes passed away, he left Melvin Dumar one-sixteenth of all of his wealth. And you know what? He never got that wealth. Because everybody judged him based on his appearance. They suggested that his story just wasn't true. Only a couple of years ago, an investigator started to look into the story and discovered that Melvin had probably been telling the truth all these years. See, the Bible is calling us not to judge people based on their outward appearances, but to give people the benefit of the doubt every time we encounter them. To give each other the benefit of the doubt and roll out the red carpet, no matter who these people are that we encounter in our life. So listen to what James goes on to say in the end of this scripture today. He says this, you do well if you really fulfill the royal law. You notice this theme of royalty being woven throughout the scripture in James? The royal law. According to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he goes on to say, but if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point, has become accountable for all of it. What James is saying is that the whole point is for us to love other people as ourselves. Now, my daughter, I have three children, uh, and the oldest one is three years old. So just do the math, and you can understand why I look a little crazy sometimes. But Ella and Olivia, the two older ones, two girls, they were playing together the other day, and Ella grabbed a doll or a toy. For, I don't remember what it was. She grabbed it away from Olivia, and I remember going over to Ella, and I pulled her to the side, and I got down on her level, and I said, "These." I had tried to explain why this was not a good idea in the past and why, you know, why it was making me frustrated, and, and I, I, I just was at, at, at an end. I didn't know what to say, so I just, I just went down there, and I said, you know, would you like it if she did that to you? And she said, no. And it was like something clicked in her head. And she understood that she shouldn't be doing this to Olivia. And she understood that the, the way that Olivia would be feeling. And she stopped doing it. And she's not perfect, but, 
But you could tell that there was a transformation that took place in, in her mind, in her heart, when I said these things. Would you like it if she did that to you? And it's that simple. Jesus is saying, and God is saying to us today, to treat other people as we would like to be treated. And I know that sounds so simple. Some of you would say, I came to church to learn rocket science. I want calculus stuff. And you know what? The old people of the faith, thousands of years before Jesus had come, had written very in-depth, in-depth calculus questions of faith, how to resolve, how to love their neighbors. They had methods and practices and best rules. You know, we could talk about, we, we too could create many rules about how to love our neighbors when they come into worship. And when they come to our church, we could say, well, when you, when you have a neighbor come into worship, you should run over and give them a cup of coffee. And, and, and that would be great. Yes, but that would be a rule that we would create. And then we would say, if someone doesn't have a seat and there's two seats here and one here, you must follow this rule to move down to the end of the aisle and to create the, end, the three seats. We could create all these rules about how you should welcome new people or how you should welcome one another. But the reality is, Jesus came into a world that was trying to achieve the love of neighbor the best they could. And he gave these words, love them as yourselves. Love, love them as you would like to be loved. And there's this transformation. Would you want to be treated that way? And suddenly, we find out that all of the other things fall into place. Suddenly, it's really easy. Hey, I know how to treat this person. I should treat them the way I'd like to be treated. I'm going to go give them a cup of coffee. I know how to treat that person coming into worship because I wouldn't want to stand there not knowing where to sit. I'm going to move over and give them a place to seat, sit. I know how to treat this person. I wouldn't want to stand over there without anyone talking to me. I'm going to walk over and say hi. Suddenly, the whole thing changes. And it changes through Jesus Christ who transforms everything. Now, there's one last thing that I want to throw in, into, into this big Pot, soup pot full of wonderful stuff that James has given us. And this is it. He always says, my brothers and sisters. Now, just for fun, I want you to turn to your neighbor and just say, hi, brother, or hi, sister, depending on whatever you feel they are. Okay, that's enough. Stop saying it. I only said, hi, brother, hi, sister. This is going on for five minutes. So, okay. Raise your hand if that's the first time you've ever called that person a brother or sister. Just anybody? Oh my goodness, look at all these people. <laughs> I see a married couple saying, well, maybe it's, is it each other? Have you ever called each other brother and sister, Glenn and Heather? No. You know, you see people of all ages and all different shapes and sizes, and you see them coming from different backgrounds. But in Jesus Christ, we are all brothers and sisters. Everybody is brought into one big family, and God is the daddy. And God is the daddy. And, and you know what? God is not just the daddy, but God is king. So if God is king and God is daddy, what does that make everybody in here? Royalty. Everybody that you meet is a, is a son or daughter of the king. That means you're going to treat every single person you meet like like the most important person you've ever met. Because that's how important they are to God. So when you're in school, kids, you're just starting out in school, and you see that person that's not being treated like royalty, go out of your way to walk across the room and to let them know how important they are. 
and to let them know how much God loves them. And you can do that one step at a time. See, this is how the world changes. It changes when we as a community start to embrace loving our neighbor. It's, you know, we could say that faith, that faith at San Marino Community Church is all about how many pages in the Bible you read each week or about how many groups you attend or whether you sing in the choir or whether you are attending worship 52 Sundays a year. But you know what? That's not the faith that we need to keep. The name of the series is Just Keep Faith. Just Keep Faith. Do you know that, that church that I told you about earlier that had just loved this woman named Jean Rowe? She was wonderful, and I can tell you because that was the church where I grew up. And the pastor that was walking across the room to make her feel like royalty every day was my, my dad. And he handed that faith down to me. And that's the faith that we are called to keep. That's the faith that is the meat and bones around the skeleton of everything that we've been given. If we don't hand that faith down, we're handing nothing down. That's the faith that is worth living for and worth dying for. Let us continue worshiping the God who calls us to boldly step forward in faith, loving our neighbors as who? Ourselves. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, you have shaped us, you have created us, that we would be called your children, that we would be princes and princesses in your kingdom. That we would be your loved ones is more than we could ever possibly ask of you. We pray that we would recognize that we have been forgiven by you. And that we have been released by you for a call, a purpose to love those people who need loving so much. Those people who have been pushed to the side by society, by the world, who've been rejected, have been turned away. And that we are literally enjoying being a part of your turning the world right side up. We recognize that it has been upside down so much in our lives. So God, give us the courage to reach out to take those baby steps forward and to love the neighbor that you're putting in our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.